Is guacamole a fruit salad? What is the best milkshake for bringing boys to the yard? Ostriches are dinosaurs. Don't piss off old people. New game. What do you mean it gives you Arby's mouth? Artisanal muck duck balls. I think they call that auto fellatio. I want to high five a shark. Welcome to Bar Banter. Relax, have a drink with us as we debate the most controversial topics in the world today. On today's podcast, we talk about, we're definitely demonetized now. If I talk over it, I think it's okay. That landed actually really nicely. We talk about and then shots. Yeah, It was perfect. It was well done. Uh, We talk about the best non-American alcoholic beverage. Then we talk about what time is it appropriate to start drinking? And lastly, what is the worst liquor? But first, Andrew Mellis, what are you drinking? I was going to make something really special tonight, and then I got super lazy and traffic sucks. So I'm just going classic tequila and ginger beer. Nice. A little bit of lime. I had it around. Benjamin, how about you? Uh, yeah, I wanted to make a cocktail in lieu of tonight's topics as well. But I, did, I went a little different kind of relates to a couple of the topics, but I went a tequila sunrise. And yes, I know it's nine o'clock at night, but too bad. You can have it anytime you want. Travis, what are you drinking? I am popping. I still got it because I'm a slow drinker. Now when, now these these words aren't words. Uh, I still got it because I'm a slow drinker nowadays. Uh, I've got my Redwood Empire's Emerald Giant rye whiskey from Sonoma, California. And it's tasty. And it's delicious, but it's not the liquor. It's almost gone. It is almost gone. I won't finish it tonight, but it's it's getting there. It's not the liquor that goes into my favorite non-American drink, though. Because it's American. It is American. That's true. Guys. <laughs> we hope we're going to have American ingredients in our non-American drinks. Yeah, it's we'll, we'll kind of play it loosey-goosey. There's, no. Yeah, whatever. Because a lot of these drinks... You can get it in the U.S., but it's like, what is it from the U.S.? Whatever. But I want to know, take all of the American bullcrap out of here in terms of alcohol. And what's what's the best non-American alcoholic beverage? Who's got thoughts? I have so many thoughts. Tell uh, me. All right. So, <laughs> um, all right. So for me, best non-American drink is, you know, it's so many different categories, you know, whether it's wine, whether it's a cocktail, whether it's beer, whether it's just a straight up liquor. Um, I had a hard time kind of going through and, and figuring out what I wanted to pick with this. Um, because honestly, 80 to 90% of what I drink is not American. So as far as my favorite non-American liquor, I had to stick with my pride and joy whiskey. And I, I had to uh, grab a country that is close to Scotland. You know, a lot of people are going to go with Scotch whiskey. They're going to say it's the best in the world. And to a lot of people, it is. But I'm going to go just a little bit over and jump over to Wales. Best whiskey I've ever had in my entire life is made out of Wales. It's called Pendarin. It's aged in a port wine cask. Mm. And it is unbelievable. It's like 100 bucks. By far the best single malt whiskey I've ever had in my entire life. So Pendarin Portwood, honestly, if you can find a bottle, grab it, sip it, enjoy it. You said it's Pendarin because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. look for it. Pendarin, P-E-N-D-E-R-Y-N, and it's called Portwood. They make a lot of different ones. They age, and there's one to age in a Madeira cast. There's there's some other ones, but the one aged in the port cast, the Portwood, is phenomenal. Uh, Gl- Glenn Morangi, I think I'm pronouncing that right, has a has a port cask as well. But yeah. Probably does. I mean, Memory has a lot of different different ways that they do their whiskey. So solid, mm-hmm. solid brand. But, Honestly, mm-hmm. anything aged in a port cask. Yeah. Uh, right. I, I don't. I can't think of one that I've disliked. Yeah. Is there Ben? Is there a a mixed cocktail or mixed beverage that you like that's up there? Like maybe you were struggling with over the Pandarin. I think I said that right. I don't know. Pandaren, yeah, Pandaren, it's close. I like Pandaren because it reminds me of Drew's wearing a panda. Yeah, I mean, for me, this one's harder because 
you know, I love tequila cocktails. I love rum cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm basing both of those as, you know, non-American cocktails is based on what the liquor is. But like, you know, I, I don't like mojitos. So that that would fall. A lot of people would probably put that at the top as far as a non-American cocktail. I'm not a huge fan. I, I don't like the texture of the mint while I'm drinking. I guess for me, give me any kind of sweet rum cocktail or or really any kind of unique margarita as far as a non-American go-to best cocktail. You know, we've had the margarita conversation on here before, but I don't, I'm not trying to get super, you know, fancy with my uh, w- with my non-American tr- traditional cocktails. Usually it's it's coming up with a cocktail and, and it can it interchange with different liquors, but a margarita or a, a rum punch, you can't interchange that with a whiskey or a vodka. Like, that's the liquor that goes in it. Those would probably be my go-tos. But for me, it's not so much the cocktail. It's it's the whiskey okay. or like or port wine. Like port wine's the top of my list. That kind of stuff kind of jumps over the cocktails for me. Okay. That's a good segue into mine because I wanted to go scotch, right? Just plain scotch. Doesn't matter which one. I love them all. I love them PD. I love them not so PD. Whatever, just give me a scotch. That's that's my jam. But I know it's not the best because just because it's my palate, I know we're going to get a little uh, subjective. All of this is going to be a little subjective. But I couldn't put it as the best because, and I talked about it a little bit on another episode, I think it was the beach one, for pina coladas because I love, uh, I love rum. And I love yeah. pineapple. And then I discovered recently there's something else similar to the pina colada out there. And it's called the Goombe Smash. <laughs> you guys, do you guys know of this? Do you guys no. know of this? It's a bunch of pineapple juice, a little bit of probably orange juice or lemon juice, something citrusy, and then four different kinds of rum just shaken up and strained garnish with some extra little fruit it's the fruity cocktail that i was looking for on the beach it's but it's not like a slushy form like the daiquiri so i'm going the goombe smash it meets all the criteria it's super boozy it's super easy to drink it's just it's so and i love rum like if i if my second one down if it's not scotch and whiskey it's definitely rum give me all the rum 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 why is it gone because i drank it all that's why so give me the Goombay smash. Aged rums are where it's at, man. Yeah, my um, my Ron Zacapa is always yeah. a 23 year. Yeah. Give me the Kirk and Sweeney. Yummy. Dude, Centenario makes some phenomenal rums. Actually, you know what? I'm going to, real quick, Drew, before you go, I'm going to throw a Cuba Libre, simple and sweet and amazing. Yeah. Because I do love rum. So I'm going to throw a little Cuba Libre. As long as I get my little umbrella, I'm happy. Well, let's hear it, Drew. That is your uh, real name. It <laughs> is. So I, since everybody else did a little bit of everything, I'll I'll just go down my list. If we're talking light, easy drinking, mm-hmm. and I I probably have mentioned most of these at some point, but light, easy drinking, just middle of the day type of cocktail, uh, low ABV. Give me the Aperol Spritz any day. It's a very nice orange liqueur with a little bit of Prosecco, a little bit of soda water, um, orange slice in there. And it just, it, it actually is served in other countries as like one of their national drinks. Just, you can find it at any cafe, basically. And you can have like 15 of them before you really start to feel it hardcore. If we're going for a harder cocktail where you just you want to taste the alcohol and make it very simple the caipirinha um, brazil's national drink basically made with their their version of rum is just sugar lime juice and their version of rum which is called cachaça uh mix it all in a glass pour it over ice you can have it on a beach you can have it in a coconut you can have it anytime and about two of them will have you on the floor is that the one danny was talking about 
I'm sure that they've Danny and Britt have had it because they were in, in they've been to Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those like they will make it for you table quote unquote table side at while you're sitting on the beach. They'll just come up. They have a little cart and they'll make it for you in the glass. And it's very easy. You don't have to mix like uh, shake it. Just pour all the ingredients in the glass, stir it around a little bit. And it's very boozy. But the lime and the sugar balance it out a lot. It's it's so good, especially on a beach. And then if we're talking straight liquor, to this day, the best liquor I've ever had in my entire life is a Mezcal. Uh, it's by Del Magüe. It's called Iberico. And what they do is they basically make this mezcal, and then during the second distillation, they put an Iberico ham mm. in the distillation basket, mm. and it just brings this umami flavor to mm-hmm. it, this saltiness, a little bit of savory, and I, I got the chance to taste it one time at a bar where he was the guy was doing basically a special to be like, this bottle is stupid expensive and i'm gonna sell it to everybody at cost and we all got to everybody at the bar got to taste it i i've never put anything in my mouth liquor wise that was as delicious as that was it was just to to this day one of my absolute favorite things in the entire world they also do one um that doesn't sound very kosher just saying got a, they also do one really. that's got a they do a chicken instead oh, okay. uh, of the ham and that one's also, I think that one's Pechuga. And they're both both very, very good. But it, if I could find a bottle, I would buy it off the shelf in a minute. I think so it's how, around so $200-ish. Can I just try to explain this in my head or out loud so it doesn't just sit in my head and I get it wrong later? They distill it once. Mm-hmm. So the the alcohol evaporates and it condenses and it comes back down as liquor. And then once they've secured enough of that, they then put in a Birico ham in there, heat it, superheat it until it evaporates again into another cask or flask or whatever. And then that's the final product. I don't know if that's the final product on in at premise, like high yeah. level. Okay. Yes. It, they do the same thing with gin. Basically you make vodka first and then you put a little basket of herbs in the distillation thing. And that's kind of what, gives you all of those more of the the nose to it hold on then, are you saying gin is just vodka did yeah. i not know this gin is well all, it's all just distilled spirit yeah all liquor is basically well vodka. i well no because what they're made with different vegetables they're made with different grains yeah yeah grains. different grains different fruits different but but like whiskey things. comes from directly from maybe it's distilled a bunch of different times Whiskey's whiskey scotch all comes from directly from the grain, but you're saying gin is twice distilled vodka with herbs. It's not that simplified, but yeah, it does. So they don't make gin from a different. I my mind is blown. I didn't know that. I can't like. I, I guess I may maybe assumed at some point, but like, and I will say for a lot of the gins, especially the ones that have very specific recipes, yeah, they'll put some of those herbs in the initial distillation sure but the majority of the things that you're getting the sugars that the yeast eats to make the alcohol initially yeah are potatoes or rice right. or just neutral grain what well, we, we call it neutral neutral grain spirit yeah. in the in the industry is all, all of that can be anything you can make bread out of or some yeah. sort of yeah it's very starchy thing that has a mm-hmm. lot of sugars to it it's all it's all the same thing probably yeah it's probably an easier comparison to the initial distilled spirit you get from whiskey over like vodka because vodka is usually a lot more corn where whiskey you get corn you get wheat you get barley you get rye gin's going to be more along the the wheat barley rye level less of the corn less of the potato if that makes sense more of those grains as opposed to like the so if what you're saying is if everything is vodka, that makes it the like well, we have to pick a, a Russian vodka to make it as the best drink, right? Absolutely not. No. 
but everything is vodka. Will, it's got to be the best be on this list. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, we would need a whole other episode to talk about it because the a a spirit just completely distilled from what you would make white whiskey from tastes very different from what you would make potato vodka or okay. rice vodka or okay. neutral grain vodka. Okay, you'd say everything is moonshine to start out. <laughs> there you go. All right, so this is our list. We've got the Goombay Smash. We've got Scotch. We've got Pandarin, because I like saying it. Pandarin, sure. Portwood, the Cuba Libre. I didn't write down your other ones, but I got Cuba No, Libre. Cuba Libre is perfect. Yeah, so I yeah. The Aperol Spritz, the Hyperina, and the Mezcal. From that list, what's, what's the best non-American alcoholic beverage? I'm going to go ahead and assume my two are not going to win. Because I already disqualified Scotch, basically. And I don't think you guys are going to go for the Goombay Smash. Because either, because that's just it might be a little too uh, too niche. And I understand that. I do like the idea of the Cuba Libre, though. Because I do, I don't know if it's of this list and of the things I've had that I've had. And I'm, I'd am i be, I yeah, I'd be okay with that. Or... The Caipirinier, yeah, whatever it is, I can't talk. <laughs> that sounded really good, but I just I've never had it, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is honestly I can't pick a a, a one. It, it's yeah. not possible for someone like me to do that. Um, I have, I mean, every day I want something different, and I think Drew, you're pretty similar. That even though we have our go tos, uh, give me the option to have a different drink every day, and I'm going to take that option. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, while I love, you know, Cuba Libres and in, in, in Mai Tais and margaritas and caipirinhas, I, I can't pick a favorite. If I was going to pick a favorite, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one straight spirit that's my favorite over everything else. And then I'll make 100 different cocktails out of it. So I like our list. It's a good list. I'm kind of the same opinion as Ben that drink what you like and there's a billion different situations where you're going to drink something different based on what effect you want how you're feeling that day what food you're eating where you are at the time yeah there there's just too many different situations where what i want to drink is based on where where and what i'm doing at the time well you guys have no cojones i don't appreciate you guys not and I think what we need to do is when we all meet each other here in like a week and a half, we just got to do a taste test between all of these. Uh, One uh, of each. Yeah. Pen- Pendarin is selling at Total Wine for only 115 bucks. Sounds like a great Christmas bonus to myself. Someone can, I'm sure someone can make a Cuba Libre. Um, yeah. It's easy. And a Goombe Smash if we wanted to. Uh, make some Aperol Spritz. Uh, yeah. That's probably easy. The other ones. I don't know if they're easily made. The other two you mentioned, Drew, I'm sure they're easily made. I don't know if they're easily. You could probably get Danny to buy some cachaça for Caipirinhas because I know that he and Britt really like them. Okay. And it's similar similar enough to tequila that everybody, or uh, not tequila, sorry, rum that everybody should like it. Okay. Well, then we've got some homework. I might make everyone Negronis just because everyone's so that wasn't on the list. Ben. I know that but wasn't everyone, on the list. It's everyone so... minus me and and maybe Drew are so anti gin. And I, I love a good Negroni, dude. I mean, I, now that I'm just thinking about it, I probably should have thrown it out there. Uh, is yeah. that w- that would I, not have won? They're yeah, they're very situational for me. That's oh. those are the nights I want something a little bit darker and more nuanced i guess is the... if a, if the negroni is made well i will enjoy it i i don't think i'd ever i have ordered a negroni at some places but it's on a very rare occasion and i i try i had something else ahead of time to make sure that the bar knew what they were doing and then i ordered a negroni i feel like it's one of those drinks that because it's gin you can't mess it up because if yeah. you do mess it up it's just gin and it tastes bad whereas like if you mess up a margarita oh it's real strong 
it's tequila. Everyone's expecting it. Oh, it's a Manhattan. At least there's bourbon. Like we're it's fine. It's okay. But like a Negroni, if I get it a bad one and it's just gin, I'm like, this is gross. I don't want it's, this anymore. It's a little um not situational, but generational. You know, it's it doesn't <laughs> hit our generation the same way. I mean, you know, our parents' generation, Campari was just I mean, everybody was drinking drinks. Um, so I, I get that Negroni doesn't hit the same way for me, I guess, like when I make Negronis, I, I, I like them better when I make them as opposed to like I'm in a bar or something, hundred percent. So yeah, it's, it's definitely more that you have to be in that full on, I'm making different cocktails type of mood. Is there a specific time that you make Negronis? (laughs) All the time. (laughs) All the time. I, I, yeah, terrible, terrible segue. Terrible segue. (laughs) Check. Got it. I'm leaving. Don't you dare. Don't you do it. Hey, real quick. You listening? Cool. Do me a favor. On your app, wherever you're listening to this podcast, there's a button to follow or subscribe or some sort of a notification type bell. Whatever you do, don't click them. Don't just don't click those buttons. Don't do it. Or click it, whatever, whatever, you, it doesn't matter. Just, just fine. It's fine. It's fine. Just click it. It's, it's cool. Just do whatever you want. Preach. Guys, what is the appropriate time to actually start drinking? Before anyone answers, I think everyone's going to go ahead and say, every time's the appropriate time. But if we take that option out, what's the best? When What's the most appropriate time to start drinking? Travis, you should go first this time. Okay. I tried to think about this, and, and I think as a parent, it's a little different because I, I, I always want to be semi-on and present when I'm in charge of the children in case anything happens. I need to be able to drive, right? So I always have that like thing in the back of my head. I'm sure not every parent's like that. And that doesn't mean I can't moderate myself, but I don't want to like go, you know, three, four hours while watching the kids and have six drinks and not be able to drive if I needed to. So that being said, if I'm assuming it's like a Saturday and I'm watching the kids, if they go to bed around eight, just for math's sake, I'm going to say 6 p.m. is an appropriate time to start drinking. I could be very easily swayed because I'm in a unique situation to 5, 4 o'clock because there's happy hours and things like that. There's other situational things. But I think if I'm like trying to be objective and find one answer that could really fit for any situation, it would be 6 p.m. Uh, Yeah, and I'll kind of blend a little bit of everything because obviously like if you if you have tr- kids it's different right if you're married and don't have kids that's different if you're single we all have kind of a different perspective on it um mm-hmm. and all of our jobs are wildly different too so it just kind of depends i think for me in my specific time in life right now i feel like the majority a lot of times drinking is very much a social thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a, like the beers or whatever, or a, a few whiskeys before bed. But if I'm like drinking, we're either doing this like podcasting or I'm going out with friends for dinner or something like that. So in general, I would say it's a kind of similar, Travis, I would say anywhere between the 4 to 6 p.m. period because a lot of times that's when the change over between people either getting off of work or going on to work or just that there that's the kind of golden hour right of the majority of people is between that mode where like they can have a few either before work or we're they're getting off of work and we can everybody can kind of relax and have some social drinks together um i i know we took it off the table but i i mean i i 
drink for a living. I, I taste with people yeah. during the day. I eat, I've drank as early as nine o'clock in the morning or, you know, nine o'clock at night. So, yeah, I mean, I've, uh, I've awakened and went to the refrigerator and pulled a beer out and started drinking again. We've all, yeah. We've all had a morning beer for sure. Well, and I do think it's it's situational too for like, um, you know, a couple months ago when we went on vacation to mm-hmm. Rick's Beach House. I don't think 10 o'clock in the morning is a far stretch to say let's all have a mimosa Dude. or a beer. And whiskey or, my coffee at 830. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or some Baileys or anything like that. Let's, I mean, we're legitimately not doing anything but walking from where we are to the beach and back again mm-hmm. <laughs> so i do think it is kind of situational but if i had to give it a broad right. spectrum of we're just doing our day-to-day life i think that four to six p.m mm-hmm. time frame is generally the most acceptable all right well, m- mr i have thoughts go yeah <laughs> dude i have so many thoughts on this and, and and I think the biggest thing is because what is the you know the the, the stereotype with you know what's acceptable in, in in regular everyday life is is that four to six that five o'clock somewhere type of thing. But this is the Bar Banter podcast, and as far as I am concerned, there is no appropriate time for start drinking because, and I'm not just using it as generic because it is 100% situational. And the reason I say that is because. That the cookie cutter nine to five job doesn't exist for ninety five percent of people anymore. It's it, there's so many different setups for people in their careers now. People can work early, people can work late, people work through the night, especially with remote work. So it has to be one hundred percent situational based on what's going on, not only with your work but you know with your family. Like nine a.m. brunch on Sunday, I'm having a mimosa. Uh, nine a.m. Saturday when I'm driving my kids to soccer, yeah, I'm not drinking. Like, it, like there's a there's a big difference there. You know, if if I'm bartending and I get home at 3 a.m., I'm gonna have a drink. But if I woke up to take care of my crying baby at 3 a.m., I'm, I'm not gonna have a drink. So, as far as I'm concerned, it's it has to be situational because we are now in a society that everybody's schedule is just so drastically different. Mm-hmm. And Drew, you made a great point that I was gonna make too. I worked in a in a job for years that my first tastings would start at 9 a.m. And I would start drinking probably three or four days a week at 9 a.m. Because that's what I had to do for my job. And it's a, you know, it's a billion dollar industry. So there are hundreds of thousands of millions of people in this industry that do that for a living. So I have a hard time saying a specific time. Sure. But the time that I kept coming back around to is... If the situation makes it acceptable, the 9 a.m. is the appropriate time to start drinking. Now, you have to have the caveat that the situation makes it acceptable, but sure, sure. 9 a.m. Is, is if I had to put a time on it. Okay, so let me, let me do this because I had a feeling this was going to happen, and I'm okay with it. I want to flip this on its head and say... What time is it? What's the earliest time it would be inappropriate to be wasted? So, like, not start drinking, not two, three mm-hmm. drinks in. I'm talking like falling over yourself, bro. Mm-hmm. It's like 10 a.m. type of shit. Like that takes all takes out the job. I know you might get a little drunk after you know four or five tastings. Within the hour, yeah, you might be a little buzzed. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking wasted, slurring your words, double vision, shouldn't get behind the vehicle, behind the wheel of a vehicle, kind of thing. What time is it inappropriate to be wasted? I mean, I would say before noon, and okay. and I I keep going back to, you know, one of the biggest industries in our, you know, in this country is is based off of football. And mm-hmm. every Saturday, every Sunday for you know several months out of the year, we have tailgating. And it, I mean, it's grown into this national thing where it is, it is normal to have 12 o'clock, one o'clock games. But you start tailgating and drinking at seven, eight, nine in the morning. 
Now, if you're going to a 12 o'clock game, you started drinking at eight in the morning and you show up drunk, you only had lunch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I get it. I, I get you're celebrating. I might look at you a little different, like, I'm sorry that you had to get drunk so early. So I would say for me, again, situational would be noon if you have something that you're doing. Now, if you're sitting at home watching movies and it's noon and you're wasted, then yeah, you've got a problem. But I'm going to go with noon. Okay. Drew? Yeah, I, I fall a little bit along the same lines. Finding a time, like a specific time of day is hard but i think the point where there's a lot of day left to go and somebody inevitably has to take care of you mm-hmm. because you've been drinking so much so i think noon is a good one i think anytime because i think before noon they have a chance to either put you to bed and you can rally for the night that's a good point brigade so I think anywhere between noon and like three o'clock because that's generally it's between meals for most people mm-hmm. you either are in transit to something that you're doing or what you've done before but at three o'clock you still if if it's an off if you're not working if it's an off day and like people are just celebrating together you still have a lot to do between three o'clock and say 10 or midnight. That's a lot of time left. So if you're just shit face drunk by three o'clock and people have to make sure that you're okay, you're inconveniencing them. Yeah. Not just yourself. So Ben is saying before noon, Drew, you're saying between noon and three. Yeah. Okay. So if we take the, random fun day of tailgating or Saturday or Sunday out of it, then I'm good with three o'clock kind of being a a cutoff. I'd even go as like four as a cutoff. Like don't get wasted before four. You know, if you take the situational, you know, crazy tailgate fun day or or giant party at your house during the day type of thing out. Mm -hmm. And four is actually even good with me too, because even in a work environment, if somebody that I'm working with or tasting with or doing anything with is drunk by four o'clock. Anything I do, because sometimes I work from four to seven or eight, nine at night that that's four hours that I, uh, then I'm just having to take care of another person or they're having to take care of me. So yeah, I, I I could see a little bit later. So I think if, if you're shit faced by four o'clock, in any given circumstance, you're probably wasting the rest of either your or somebody else's time of night. Yeah. Okay. So, Drew, are you saying, are you still on the, we'll say noon to four? Or are you saying wake up to four? Uh, I'd still say noon to four because I do okay. think if you, if you wake up and get shit faced real quick before noon, you have a chance to sleep it off a little bit and still participate. I'm glad you said in, that. In some stuff. Yeah. Get drunk, go into the stadium, sleep during, sleep, sleep during the game, and then leave the stadium yeah. sober. There you go. As long, long as I can get you into the stadium, <laughs> uh-huh. sleep during the game, that's fine. I like it. Uh, ben, do you remember what? Probably don't remember. <laughs> uh, you were Well, you were at least there. You were 100% there. Uh, what time did we start drinking and stop drinking on the pontoon boat at Nick's wedding. Do you remember what Dude, time we around? That was like, like a was like hundred years ago. Yeah, I know, but I just <laughs> I vividly remember getting very if we, drunk. If we got very drunk, then I don't remember the except I don't know that if I you was did. I know I was I at the wedding. I was like, there. Like the it was either you or the other guy that was with us, maybe one other person, I don't know, made me go back up to the the lodge and eat a bunch of chicken fingers and french fries to sober sober up before the wedding luckily i'm a i'm a pretty happy-go-lucky drunk or i'm just a very quiet drunk and i'm not like i'm not an angry drunk so it would be fine but you know i i was i was toasted i was toasty and i don't remember what time i 
stopped drinking to sober up enough for the wedding to then do a choreographed dance to uh, Backstreet, Boys. Backstreet Boys. Yeah, that's when I started drinking more when you told me we were going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I remember that. And then when we got back from the wedding and started playing games, you got drunk again. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I started getting drunk at the wedding again. I just, I only needed to sober up for good times. The two hours of the wedding if you want to call it that. So, okay. I like, I liked the noon to four. I was probably in Ben's camp before of like, yeah, don't be wasted before noon. But if you got time to sober up and you're not, you know, and you're not impacting anyone's day. I like the noon to four, maybe 11 to three, whatever that is, that kind of after lunch before dinner, type of time frame don't be wasted during that time frame if you're going to be wasted when it's daylight don't impede on somebody else's good time great that's it great way to put it especially if you're drinking the worst liquor ever (laughs) guys we're just gonna call a spade a spade what's the worst liquor what is it can we get rid of it is that possible yes go ahead drew I'll I'll jump out there because I think mine has kind of come into a little bit of a like a, a a people know about it nowadays more so than they used to, and I think it used to be a little bit more of an industry thing, but now it it's just it's just bad and. I, it may be a cop out a little bit, but it's Malort. I don't know what that is. It's a liquor that's very famous in Chicago as like that final drink of the night, much like Rumpelman's or mm. um, <clears throat> any kind of after dinner liqueur that you just take a shot of. And it is it it tastes like straight gasoline, band aids, gasoline, sweat barnyard it is one of the worst things i've ever put in my mouth and that's saying something it just has no redeeming value whatsoever you can't make cocktails out of it i'm sure people have but it's meant as one of the it's one of those rite of passages if you go to chicago okay and you go out on the town and you get drunk that people want you to take a, a shot of malort um, has a similar taste to Sambuca or any of those really heavy black licorice anise uh, okay. flavored things, but it is just absolutely god awful. And I'm a person who I look for things that are weird, and I like tasting liquors and liqueurs that are maybe not to everyone's palate like i i like the weird stuff it is it's like licking a dirty band-aid i don't like it at all obviously that one's not good okay and where would you put it just so i have a frame of reference to some the only thing i can think of when you mentioned it where would how if if malort's maybe a zero where is uh jaeger Oh, uh, you can you can you can do some things with Jaeger to make it taste yeah. better. And no, I, can... I know that I'm not saying Jaeger's the worst, but like oh, okay. the it's yeah. the only thing that if, Drew if mentioned we're, that I have a frame if we're of on a of, scale of one to ten. Yeah, and I'm I'm more talking like like doing shoot like shooting it. Yeah, not just yeah, not yeah, just yeah. sipping it. Uh, I would put Jaeger as about a two. Okay, for okay, me just because I uh, there's I the flavor profile of Jaeger is so similar to a lot of things and very similar to Malort, but it actually has some redeeming qualities. Whereas okay. Malort does not you get to Malort would be a negative 15 for me. Jaeger's about a two. Got it. Got it. Got it. Mine in this, I could go broad category, but I'm going to single one out because it was one of the worst things I'd ever tasted in my entire life was the whipped cream pinnacle vodka. Oh, it's so bad. It <laughs> it's doesn't so bad. taste like whipped cream. 
Holy crap, <laughs> I, forgot, I had Dude, forgotten about the it, Pinnacle line so bad. It, yeah, that's why I said it could be a category. It could just be all of Pinnacle vodka. Yeah. Or Pinnacle flavored vodka. Dude, the whipped like, cream. Yeah. Smirnoff, not good. Pinnacle's worse yeah. for sure. So my like <clears throat> the way I'm gonna say this is Pinnacle whipped cream vodka, but if you guys want, we can get rid of all of the flavored Pinnacle vodkas. I'd be okay with that too. Yeah. Uh, just like, especially because I think with Malort, maybe it's a rite of passage. It's like going to put some hair on your chest. It's not good. Everyone knows it's not good. And you're just going to go into it and you're just going to have to do it. Whereas at least with like Pinnacle, with the whipped cream vodka, you think maybe this might be a little good. It might be a little sweet and have some, no, it's just, it's just garbage and burn. There's nothing, mm-hmm. there's nothing else. It's horrific. And I will never do a shot of that ever again. Yeah, I will agree with you on that. All right. For me, mine is one that I'm sure a lot of people, especially if you went through college, have tried it. Except that a lot of people in college probably tried it in a big giant punch bowl, like a mm. hunch punch or something like that. Um, I unfortunately had the opportunity to take a shot of it, and it was the worst decision I think I've ever made, and that's Everclear. Mm. It's just straight 190-ish proof uh, liquor. It is absolutely disgusting. It is, it's what's used to to you know, raise the alcohol volume and mix drinks for, I guess, for people just getting drunk in college. I, I don't know. I don't actually know any cocktails that uses Everclear, but I've had shots of Rumplemints. I've had shots of Jaeger. I've had shots of almost everything I can think of that I still, it's like nails on a chalkboard when I think about a shot of Everclear. As far as liquors go and grain spirits, just the worst tasting, like, and, and, I was going to say like vodka is one of the worst liquors because you don't get any flavor. Everclear is like no flavor plus ass or, mm. or plus scratches, like chalkboard scratches. Like it's awful. That's 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 my vote. Real quick, just quick Wikipedia search for Everclear. Everclear is also used as a household food grade cleaner, disinfectant, <laughs> or stove fuel alcohol because its fumes and odor are less offensive than isopropyl rubbing and denatured alcohol, which are toxic to breathe and drink. It's also used for extracting flavor from other ingredients make to make infusions and whatever that other word is because of its neutral flavor profile. Yeah. So that's why it's good if if you want to like ramp up the proof of your hunch punch. Okay. Because it'll it'll kind of grab the flavor. But when you take a straight shot of it, it's like it's like drinking straight moonshine, except you know moonshine is going to be a little bit lower proof. A lot of times, you get maybe a little flavor from the corn. I don't know. Ever ever clear? I don't. It's just awful. Two things about this. The only thing, only two things I've ever used Everclear for is cleaning, <laughs> and uh, to make bitters. Oh, is that how you, you make need, bitters? Uh, you can use any. You can use really any really high proof alcohol, but if you want just clean nothing taste and just that so i have a story about um two of my old roommates who we worked in this place called 404 kitchen for a little while it's a whiskey bar but they had a prep kitchen where we made all of the mixers the juices the different liqueurs and, and stuff and everything there was a specific type of everclear that literally on the bottle it had a giant label that said caution flammable <laughs> this is 98 percent alcohol the highest percentage basically you can get in a bottle um and they were just gonna they're about to i can't remember why but they were throwing out a bottle so i took it home and put it into a bottle of an empty bottle of nice vodka that we had had and uh told my roommates was like oh man they like gave this to me for free they were getting rid of it just there's a couple ounces left and we're discontinuing it and had them take uh, a shot of it each and just immediate vomiting yeah because it, I, I it literally is the closest thing to poison you can get to putting in your body without immediately going to the hospital it is so nasty Especially if it's charcoal filtered, and a lot of them are, it's just, ugh, oh, 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 yeah. 
it's not good. But so what I'm getting from this is that it has a purpose and it has a redeeming quality of being used in bitters or as a cleaning solution. I will say when you're using it for bitters, you do eventually tone it down to like sure. Yeah, you go for the lower proof, like so like the one the one <laughs> fifty, the one sixty water until yeah. you can actually well, digest yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 while Everclear can go up to, you know, 180, 190 plus proof, and I'm sure it's a great cleaning solution. Um, I would imagine the the one that I had and the one that people use for drinks is probably in the, you know, the the one fifty ish range, which is also flammable. So Okay. Well, so our options are Malort, Everclear, and the Pinnacle Vodka line of flavored vodkas. Pretty hard. I mm-hmm. think all of them have terrible. I'm good with all three. They're, they all suck. <laughs> I will. I'll take Malort out of it just okay. because I do think the only redeeming quality of it is that gag of you're in this certain place and you've got to do this to kind of become part of the club type of thing. Sure. Like Tide Pods. Exactly. Or butt chugging <laughs> or, you know, any any of those things, you know, <laughs> we did as as uh, young 20-somethings. Yesterday. I Yeah. So it as much as it's terrible and I don't think it deserves to exist, the other ones exist for absolutely no purpose whatsoever. Okay. Except if- for being a cleaning fluid. Like if you're drinking it <laughs> and the main purpose of it is to clean things and disinfect them, you should really rethink what you're putting. So, in your so if you had to pick one, because I don't know if Ben and I are leaving our camps, I, you could just flip a coin or you could just go with mine. Either one viable. option. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think pinnacle. Yes, I'm, I'm good with that. Woo! It, yeah, that pinnacle whipped cream is one of the worst things I've ever had in my life. Awful. And I get it. I get it, Ben. I like I, I understand. No argument. One A, one B. Everclear does have other uses and I'm OK with it existing because of that pinnacle. There's no reason if you There's try no to use reason that as a, for it to exist. If you try to use yeah. that as a cleaning fluid, <laughs> it wouldn't work. Everyone would vomit because it just <laughs> right. smells so bad. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm this was a great three. Like I think if any one of these, I don't know Malort, but the way you described it sounded terrible. So if either one of these won, that this is this is a good position to be in. We all came, we all came guns blazing. I'll bring some Malort to the cabin. Please don't, <laughs> please, God, don't do that. <laughs> um, what? Hmm. <laughs> I don't have COVID. <laughs> it's time for last call. Guys, gentlemen, it's time for last call. We're going to go Drew and then Ben. This is an alcohol-related would-you-rather. Are you ready? Let's go. Drew, would you rather only be able to drink your least favorite alcoholic beverage for the rest of your life or never drink alcohol again? (laughs) Never drink again. Okay. Ben. Uh, no, I can mix my least favorite with a bunch of other stuff. I'll I'll go with the least favorite. Fair enough. Drew, would you rather have unlimited free cocktails, but only on weekdays, or have one drink a week, but it's your absolute favorite? It's a dumb one. Thanks, JetGPT. Unlimited. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with unlimited, too. I can find ways around that. I'll get a job on the weekends. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh... (laughs) Don't die. I won't. Drew, would you rather be the designated driver every time you go out with friends or have your friends always pick your drinks for you without knowing your preferences? Uh, Pick drinks for me. Assuming they're paying. Yeah, I'm going to let my, my friends pick my drinks. I think I hang out with a lot of people that like similar things to me. We're not paying. <laughs> Drew, would you rather accidentally send a text confessing your love for someone to your boss or take a shot of the spiciest hot sauce every time you take a sip of alcohol. Uh, text my boss. He wouldn't give a shit. That's fair. Ben. He would make fun of me for it. Yeah, my I, I text my boss. It's fine. Okay. 
Drew, would you rather attend a party where everyone is a terrible dancer, but the drinks are amazing, or a party with great dancers, but only non-alcoholic beverages? Why is that even a thing? I don't know. That's chat GPT. Maybe people like to dance. I don't know. <laughs> terrible drinks. Basically, do you, do you like do you like drinking oh, wait, or do you no. like dancing? You terrible, terrible dancers, great drinks. Yeah, yeah. That that sounds like the best of every world to me. Yeah, I, I mean. Agree. The more you drink, the worse you are at dancing anyways, right? So, yep. Yeah. Great drink. the best. Drew, would you rather spill a drink on your crush during a date or accidentally break a glass in a fancy restaurant while toasting? Break a glass. Easily. Uh, Spill the drink, then she's got to come back to my place and wash her clothes. So. Oh, that's clever. Drew, would you rather have a lifetime supply of your favorite alcohol but never be able to share it with anyone or always have to share your drinks, but never get to drink your favorite lifetime supply. Yeah. Any day. Yeah. That's a pretty easy one. I'm yeah, lifetime supply of my favorite. Okay. Who okay. better these questions? Definitely not me. I just typed in a search. <laughs> Drew, would you rather attend a karaoke night? after a few drinks and forget all the lyrics or be the only sober person at a karaoke party only sober person yeah if i remember the lyrics i want to be sober okay drew would you rather have the ability to instantly sober up after a night of drinking or always wake up without a hangover regardless of how much you drink Ooh, that's a good one that is a good one because sober doesn't mean hungover I think wake up without a hangover. Uh, I haven't had a hangover in a decade, and I drink all the time, so I'm going to go with instantly sober. Okay. Okay. Last one. Drew, would you rather accidentally start dancing on a table at a party after a couple of drinks or sing loudly and off-key without realizing it after a couple of drinks? You have to sing or you have to dance after, like, two drinks. I feel like we do the second one all the time anyways, so I'm going to go with dance. Why not? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with dance too. It's it's more embarrassing, but it also might attract more people to a good time. Yeah, what's life without whimsy, you know? <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm not going to go over those. Um, <laughs> just made myself laugh. Travis died. <sighs> Well, guys, this was a fun one. All alcohol related. Uh, for those of you guys who are listening, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Oh, oh, uh, there's a link in the description. If you go down, you click on like the description of this episode. There's a cool little link there that says support the podcast. You can donate to the podcast. Give us some just a little extra change so we can use it to buy drinks make better content uh buy a new home for drew buy a new bicycle with ribbons buy the the ribbon bicycles for ben you know whatever whatever our little whimsy desires so uh just remember that this is our podcast and you're just along for the ride okay bye also like and subscribe yeah that too <laughs>